Welcome back to Chin Music. This is our baseball show at TalkNorth.com. If you like the show, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. You can find all of our shows in the archives of this show at TalkNorth.com. Uh, thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. Thanks to our, our producer, Brandon Morton. Thanks to our many sponsors. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. Thanks to Aquarius Home Services. Thanks to All Energy Solar and First Minnetonka City Bank. We are your locally owned community bank. Thanks also to Grain Belt, who's been sponsoring live shows around downtown Minneapolis, uh, including at the Loom Cafe and uh, and O'Donovan. So we'll be doing more live shows soon. We're planning on doing our next one July 25th at O'Donovan's uh, before a Twins game. Uh, we'll tell you more about that as the time approaches. We will give away a bobblehead at that show as well as some Grain Belt merch. Uh, Lavelle, and to, on today's show, Lavelle E. Neal III, Star Tribune columnist. I'm Jim Suhan, also from Star Tribune. We may hear from Roy if he can fit in his if he can fit it in his uh, schedule today. He's got a lot going on. Let's start here, Roy uh, Lavelle. The Twins can't hit. What do they do about it? Oh boy, <laughs> that's a easy, that's a easy and difficult question at the same time, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I remember talking to Tom Kelly once, and I was like, Tom, why are you guys so struggle so much with runners in scoring position? How do you get better at that? And you guys just get, you get better players. And <laughs> I, I always hear that in the back of my head whenever I see the Twins fail to come through with runners in scoring position. I could take the strikeouts, you know. Um, but my goodness, just touch the ball, good things can happen. And I, I, I'm rooting for someone like Royce Lewis because he actually has come out and said he's trying to make an adjustment and not trying to, you know, have a 500 mile an hour bat speed at some of these pitches and just try to put the ball in play and find an open spot. Um, I don't want it to take away, you know, from his ability to try the ball. I hope if he gets aggressive early in the count that he goes after these pitches. But I. Th- when they when opponents see the twins, um, you see a they see a team that takes strikes down the middle and then they chase breaking crap down and away. Buxton's doing it, has done it all year. Correa's done it all year. And when your two best players are just looking like they're rookies again, um, it's it's just hard to watch. So um I I just said problems about how this team is constructed. You know, we we complain about Miguel Snow strikeouts, but then we added Joey Gallo, who, you know, can get on base from an on-base percentage standpoint. But my goodness, you know, he's batting like under 180 now. I mean, it, it gets to the point where you've you got to have a mixture of guys who are going to be able to ride the bus and guys who are going to be able to drive the bus. And there's just not the right mix of guys in this lineup. The problem is that, you know, we can talk about the signing of Gallo. We can talk about individual slumps. The problem is everybody's bad right now other than maybe other than Royce Lewis Kirilov gave us. Yeah. And what you've seen so often this year, Willie Castro (laughs) is a player. Well, and and I'm not even going to, I'm just not going to get overly excited about role players performing pretty well a few days a week. It's good that they're doing that. Castro and Solano are are having good years uh, in the context of who they are, but they're not going to carry you. They're not going to. They're not going to win you the division. They're not going to win you a playoff series. They're just nice role players. That they we're talking about into the lineup. That's, yeah, we're talking. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we're talking about we're talking about the guys who need to be there for you every day. Here and and here's one of the the most negative trends I've seen Lavelle is that somebody will come up from the minors or get caught or come off the the injury list like Polanco. Polanco looked like their best hitter the first couple of weeks back off the injury list, right? And then right. he started going south. 
you know, they, they, Kirilov came up, uh, came, you know, off the injured list and he looked really good for a while. And then he started going south. It's almost like the more these people are exposed to the twins hitting coaches, the worse they get. I am, I love baseball coaches. They tend to be salt of the earth people who work really hard and they are the, the last people to be financially rewarded in the game. So I don't like calling for anybody to be fired. Uh, I, I'm sure Popkin works his rear end off to, to quote Guardy. Right. But no, this isn't working. And when, when it's endemic, when it's everybody is not hitting, again, with the exception of Royce Lewis and a small sample size, when nobody's hitting, it's got to be, you got to make a change just to see if that's what the problem was. Yeah. Uh, I've always believed that, you know, good players make uh, coaches look good. Um, but can a coach also lead players down the wrong path? I think is that's totally possible. Um, I don't know what the message is that he's sending out to the hitters. I, I don't know if he's trying to find the right message. I don't know if he's having other people deliver the message to see if that works, but something's not clicking. Um, with this team at the plate because it's every day, you know, 10 strikeouts a game, 12 strikeouts in the game, 14 strikeouts in the game. Um, it's the lack of making adjustments. Um, who's putting together the game plan? Who's putting together, you know, how to hit a certain pitcher or understanding that pitcher's tendencies and using that as a guide when you're, when you're, when you're at the dish. Um, the, the, it seems like, it's a total system breakdown when it comes to the offense that um, is, and I wonder if they're prepared correctly. And I wonder if they've been given the right adjustments to make. And I don't, well, I know they haven't been. So I'm saying, why isn't that happening? Um, they've got to look, they've got to look within to find the answer out to this. Um, and it's, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to make changes in the middle of the season. I mean, they were forced to make a change mid season when Wes Johnson, you know, left to go back to college. Um, it seems like Pete Mackey, you know, was able to, after, you know, the first month was rough, seeing how Mackey was able to stabilize some things. Um, and I don't know if the, the options, who the options are. I was over at St. Paul Saints, uh, yesterday I'm doing this, wrote a column on, pardon me, <coughs> back, uh, on, um, Andrew Bechtold, who's trying to be a two-way player. And I'm sitting there looking at the, uh, Saints hitting coach wondering, I wonder if he's ready to go to the majors, you know? Because sometimes you just gotta you gotta change it up when it's not working, and um, you know the twins have done a, you know the twins have done a good job identifying coaching talent. They've had coaches get plucked from other organizations. That's a re that's a reflection on the twins' ability to find you know quality quality instructors. Um, but they may have to start consider doing it in this case with uh, with their hitting coach because it's. You know, the, the Twins off outfield is like the third worst in baseball in OPS. And I think only Cleveland and um, Kansas City are worse. Of course, you can make have fun with that one about all of them being AO Central teams. But my goodness, you know, this team is this team has a chance of winning the division. It should be winning. It should be winning 90 games. And when your offense is the way it is now, it, it can't be acceptable. There has to be standards here. Um, in addition to personnel. You also have to look at the coach. I think Matt, Matt Walner hit two home runs yesterday, Jim. Mm -hmm. He's batting 300. You know, mm -hmm. it's time. What are we waiting for? You know, uh, give this guy a shot here and, and stop playing people who are unplayable right now, like Max Kepler. So this needs to be attacked on both ends from you know, giving yep. the guys a shot like Larnick and Walner and from, you know, how they're being coached. Yeah. And 
I think the Twins are really good at the science of baseball. I think they're really good at generating information. But coaching isn't science as much as it is it is an art. Like James, I don't know if the James Rousen knew more than every other major league hitting coach in 2019 when the Twins set the record for home runs and, and powered their way to a division title and 101 wins. But he had charisma. Mm-hmm. He knew how to use psychology. He knew how to get people feeling good about themselves. He knew how to – hitting is – let's say it for the eight millionth time. Hitting's hard. So you not only need somebody to help you with the right thoughts in terms of the science of hitting, you also need somebody – who can make you feel like you're on the right path? Who can make you feel good? If you go up to the, if you go face a major league pitcher and you have doubt in your head or worries in your head, you're not going to hit. You're not going to get it. You got yeah. no chance. So, James, coaching is not what you know. Coaching is what you can impart that is helpful. And Rousen had that magic. And right now, this staff does not have that magic. No, no, and I would love to see James Rousen back uh, on the Me Twins too. bench, uh, talking to hitters because um, he is pretty funny at times. I mean, he he's told me, "Hey, just to kind of lighten the mood in the room, I'd be like, okay, there's there's Max Scherzer, you know, look at him, that that picture there, the clown with the big nose, you know, anyone can hit him, you know, <laughs> and he'll he'll go about his business like that." And um, you, charisma, I think, was the first thing you said about him, and that he is all of that. Um, and he's worked with good. He's worked with all different kinds of hitters. Yep. And you know he he got this offense ripping and roaring while he was here, and I I wish he would have gotten a shot as a manager. Uh, he went to the Marlins um, to be their offensive coordinator mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and get a, cl- a step closer to that, but it didn't work out. He's the assistant in Detroit now. Man, I I would just like to see what he would do uh, with this bunch because especially when your best players are looking like they've only had like 20 at-bats in the majors instead of 2,000. That's troubling to me. I know Buxton and Correa are playing with injuries. I've had Planner. I know what it's like to try to run on a bad foot. So I know it's got to be bugging them. Uh, Buxton's neat. But these guys have been dominant forces at the plate uh, in their career, in their careers. Um, They have put up numbers. They've driven balls out to all directions of the ballpark. And they look so beatable right now. And when your best guys are are looking so feeble, you know, you cannot turn over enough stones to try to make changes and make things better. Minnesota Twins, what are you waiting for? Uh, the season's on the line here. You got to stay. You got to ex- inject some standards and make some moves. No doubt about it. All right, more on this. Let's talk about Rocco. Let's talk about Nelson Cruz. Uh, maybe we'll even talk about the pitching, which is still very good, even despite all of their problems. Uh, once again, we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. Here's more about Aquarius Home Services. At Aquarius Home Services, we know when temps go up, the last thing you want is your air conditioner down and out. From tune-ups and repairs to installing a new air conditioner, we got you covered. We're just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. Thanks also to First Minnetonka City Bank. We're your locally owned community bank. First Minnetonka City Bank. We're your locally owned community bank. Phone calls are answered by real people instead of a never-ending voicemail system. Dedicated financial representatives who really care about your personal, business, mortgage, and investment objectives. 
First Minnetonka City Bank is an independent community bank that offers the same wealth of products and services as larger banks, yet provides the highest quality customer service that other banks forget. We take the time to develop one-on-one relationships with our customers. The same banker will work with you year after year, providing the long-term understanding necessary to tailor our services to your changing needs. First Minnetonka City Bank. Stop by or call one of our convenient locations to experience the First Minnetonka difference for yourself. All energy solar panel installations are done right and made easy thanks to more than 14 years of experience in Minnesota and beyond. Visit allenergysolar.com slash coach for your free solar evaluation. Also at allenergysolar.com slash coach, you can find out about how All Energy Solar is ready to take any solar project from design to installation and everything in between. Thanks to our longtime sponsor, allenergysolar.com. Uh, so Rocco, it's interesting because the last homestand, I asked some hitting questions and Rocco got pretty fired up and listen, he's a good dude and he's under pressure and he got kind of fired up. He's, it was almost like he felt like he needed to defend his guys. Uh, then the hitting was so bad in Atlanta, he went the other way and he started saying, yep, we got problems. We got to figure it out. And he wasn't afraid to imply that the coaching is the problem as well as the entire as they call it their hitting group which is their hitters and their and their hitting instructors and everything else uh, he knows there's a problem here's the other interesting thing about timing Lavelle this team can't you know Rocco comes in when 101 games his first season uh, to 2020 they were once again basically same just as good as they were in 2019 uh, since then you know Two bad seasons and now a half of a uh, of a disappointing season. I also wonder if Rocco, Falvey, Levine are starting to think, okay, yeah, we've had a nice we've had a nice long run here, but we don't you don't get forever to fix problems. Eventually, you get replaced. Do you think they have any worries that this is trending toward them uh, having their jobs looked at? I don't. I'm not at that point yet, Jim. Um, I'm not either. Because, I'm wondering. I'm wondering if yeah. they're worried about it though. Uh. I think I think when they saw I think what they've seen this year gave them with the starting rotation made them believe that we got a chance at this and they're underperforming by so much I'm sure they're all irritated about that I don't know if they're looking over their shoulders yet they are members of an organization that has really been patient how many general managers have the Twins had you know since you know 1987 McPhail Ryan Smith you know four guys in the last Ryan again yeah, and then yeah Derek, Ryan again. Yeah. Yeah, it's been like four guys. So the Twins have been patient, and they've been, and they've been supportive, and uh, they've given the guys all uh, as, as much rope as possible to try to put winners on the field. So I, I don't, I don't see, I don't sense there's there would be grumbling from ownership on this right now. Um, although the stakes are a little higher because you're you're paying a couple guys a a ton of money to produce, and it's not it's not clicking. Um, and you know, I I generally like Falvey and Levine. I think they're really sh- sharp people. Um, the one thing I give them credit for is that they don't stress straddle. They either make trades to try to improve the team or try. I believe that any any pressure that the front office is feeling right now is coming from themselves and not uh, them worrying about their jobs. Um, I believe that they know that if one good month of one strong month of play could put them like five games up in the division. Um, you know, but the one thing is hovering over their heads too, is that they believe they they're worried that there'll be some regression from the start rotation during the second half of the season. 
um, that they have lived so large that they, there could be uh, a, a, a opposite reaction, you know, during the final 81 games of the season. And that adds to the urgency to try to fix the offense. So um, I'm waiting to see how they're going to attack this. Generally, you get the first two months of the season, months of the season to determine what you have and what you need. The next two months to go out and make adjustments. Final two months to make a push for the postseason. We're in that adjustment phase. In fact, we're heading in July. So it's the second month of that adjustment part of the season. I They need to start making some moves. Um, the conversation I had with the Twins official on Thursday made me believe that moves are coming because they're worried about the rotation not being as strong in the second half because it was so strong in the first half. So, um, like I said, I think the pressure is coming from within instead of worrying about what could happen to them. They're trying to figure out ways to get this ship turned around. Sure. And, and listen, uh, you, you can make a lot of money in the media, just fire, trying to fire everybody every day and complaining about, uh, you know, everybody in a management position. I think very highly of Falvey and Levine and Rocco. Uh, they're very highly intelligent people. Right. Uh, there's no doubt the work ethic. I think they've built a great organization in a lot of ways. Um, so I'm not, I'm not calling for them to be fired. I'm just, I, I just wonder if that, I was just wondering if that thought ever crossed their minds because, you know, most, most franchises start looking hard at their guy, their people, uh, after a couple of, of rough years. And they, I just don't think, I, I don't, I don't think anything's going to happen. I think Joe Polad and Dave St. Peter are going to be very patient with them, but it's just, it's an interesting question to explore. Let me, let me ask you this though. Uh, how, <sighs> Yeah, just from a, a baseball standpoint, they're underperforming, but they're still like in second place. So I think they're tied for first going into the weekend series against right. the Orioles. So how do you evaluate this team based on where they are in the division versus what their record is? I I just look at their record regardless of the division. They're right. about they've been that. about a 500 team. Uh one of the troubling things is this feels a lot like last year. They got off to a strong start last year, too. Last year, injuries destroyed them. This year, hitting is the problem, and everybody but Polanco is healthy. I think that is that should be scary. You really don't have the injury excuse right now. Now, you could say that Correa and Buxton are playing hurt, and you haven't had continuity because different people have been hurt at different times. But I just don't think that ex- that excuses the quality of bats we're seeing. I get that, too. And I'm I, I really worry about the bullpen. Um, now I, I hope, do, yep. I hope Jorge Lopez gets over whatever mental hurdle he needs to get over and contributes before the end of the season. Um, but, you know, some of these arms that they've relied on are broken down. I mean, Lopez has his issues. Uh, Stewart uh, looked like he was going to have an all-star season, and now he's out. Right. Um, the other, uh, De Leon is out. Um, so, our greatest fear is coming true that they're going to need Emilio Pagan to pitch in more high leverage situations. It uh, can't happen. Uh, and just here's the thing. Valley sports North had a great chart um, up the other day. I was talking with Glenn Perkins about it too. Um, like the twins had given up like the fewest runs in like the eighth and ninth innings, mm-hmm. um, but they given up the most runs in the seventh. Yep. And that's the, and the twin starters pretty much pitching six innings. That first handoff to the bullpen has been disastrous. And that needs to be addressed. And, and, and they're running out of in-house options, you know, uh, to, to call up and kind of try here. You know, Theobar hasn't come back yet. Um, yeah, like I said, De Leon's out. Stewart's 
out. They really need Griffin Jacks to be a, a a really good pitcher for them right now. And after being a, after being shaky in May, he's been pretty. He solid. has been better. Yeah. Yep. So, but but Jackson Moran are the guys who are gonna have to do it right now. Yeah. Yeah. And put gone. <laughs> he's, no, he, you just can't pitch him late. You just can't do it. He's a sixth inning pitcher. That's all he is. And that seventh inning stat. That's fantastic stuff. I think that's. I think we also have to remember that's a combination of the first guy coming in the bullpen not doing the job, uh, and it's also also sometimes as much as Rocco used to get ripped for pulling pitchers early. Sometimes it's leaving the starter in, hoping he can get through the seventh, and he can't. Right, right, right. Yeah, yes. So, but you know, Rocco's running out of buttons to push in, in that bullpen, man, and. Um, that's one area that definitely needs to be addressed. Because here's the thing. I think they can address their, some of their hitting issues from within with a couple of guys at, at uh, St. Paul who are, or who will continue to rake. Uh, Jose Miranda's actually hit the ball better lately. But I don't know how we coexist on the same roster with Royce Lewis. Um, but uh, as far as relievers, you know, that, that should be a, a big push to bring in a reliever from outside who's got some credibility and could be, could be that bridge to the ninth inning. So... Um, this is kind of a perilous stage of the season as far as lack of offense and bullpen distress uh, being the dangerous combination for the Twins to deal with. I can see them trading for one hitter and having that hitter make a big difference as long as they make a change at pitch, hitting coach or change within the way they teach hitting at the moment. Uh, I just – Roy Smalley has been right about so many things on this podcast. Yep. And – predictive on so many things and one thing he always said was when they when they lose nelson cruz when nelson cruz gets too old or they move on from him they're gonna have to find somebody else who is just a reliable uh run producer who settles everybody down who holds down the middle of the order and who gets other people to relax nelson cruz did all of that they have not had anybody like him since and listen correa had a good stretch at the end of last year uh got his numbers up to his kind of his career averages but he's not a three or four hitter. He's a two or a five or a six hitter. They right. need, and Buxton is too unpredictable and is too capable of taking bad at bats. Uh, and he really doesn't get kind of that clutch single when you need him to. He hits everyone still hit a game winning bomb, but he's not the guy who's going to work a count and hit a, uh, you know, bloop single to right field. He swings too hard. So they, they need that guy. And I could see just like 2003 when they ch- traded for Shannon Stewart, I could see one veteran hitter making a huge difference for this team. It's funny you brought that up, but Shannon, uh, Shannon Stewart is in the back of my mind. Uh, yep. A seemingly innocuous trade in which they sent a part-time player and Bobby Keelty, I believe, right? To, yep. To Toronto for Shannon Stewart. And he ended up he ended up getting uh, MVP votes, I think, by the end of the he season. Did. You know, and, and really sparked that team. Um yeah, it, it it could be infectious when you have a guy show up and, and start hitting. You know, and I was I was hoping it would be sustained when when Karoloff came up and started hitting when Lewis did, um, but maybe they need to bring bring in a savvy veteran to kind of help things out, regardless if it's at the top or in the middle. And I agree with Roy. I, I think it's more it's more important to you know have a reliable cleanup hitter than to have a reliable leadoff hitter. And to be honest with you, I, I don't mind Julian leading off for the for the twins right now i shudder sometimes when i watch him field yes but he's a dh I, right now yeah I, but i don't mind seeing him at the top of the order so i don't know who's i don't know who's gonna be out there you know uh people have been the, the pie in the sky uh dream acquisition would be paul goldschmidt you know but mm-hmm. I, I don't know if the i keep everything i'm reading out of st louis saying they're not, they're not going to trade him of course you do posture like that at this time of year 
until you get wow with an offer. Like the the Nationals were not going to trade um uh not Carlos Robles. Yeah, Robles. Um the the outfielder. God, what's his name? Soto. Juan Soto. Yep. Yeah, they weren't going to trade Soto. And then next yep. you know he's he's with the Padres. So it 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 can happen. Um Man, what was it about a month ago? The Twins got mentioned as a possible suitor if the Angels wanted to move Otani. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be that would be uh, franchise altering. Um, yes, it would. I, did, I just want to see uh, uh, Tim Anderson's not hitting. God, he plays short. I just, I don't know. Jack Peterson doesn't do it for me. Oh man, I just I don't know who's out there. You know, it's that I think the the, the available hitter hitter uh, market is still kind of presenting itself. Tyler O'Neill. Maybe, but you know, it, uh, it would be great to see if they could duplicate what happened in the uh, in the uh, early two thousands with Shannon Stewart. Um, we'll we'll just see what how it shakes out. Uh, next week, we hope to have Roy back. We'll try to have a three uh, a three person booth talking about whatever is going to happen with the Twins. It's still, and, and I'll just say this: it's it's very easy to get down on this team because it's awful to watch. It's Yep. horrifying to watch these at bats and these squandered opportunities and the terrible clutch hitting and the, uh, you know, Rocco even called it a lack of focus or whatever. I mean, it, it's, it's horrible to watch. I'm That's not damning criticism it. too. When you say it's that it's really damning criticism. So I'm not defending anything. Uh, I will just say that the same people who are acting like it would be a horrible thing to win to narrowly win a bad division are the same people who revere the 87 champs who won 85 games, almost choked away a lead in September and then went on to win the world series. Right. Right. Um, But the the only thing is that the offense is bad, has been bad. The OPS has gone down every month since April, you know, um, and they have a front office that has historically has not been afraid to make moves. So, I'm just sitting here waiting for something to, sh- to, sh- to shake up this roster. Something's got to be coming down the pike here. I'll Are take Goldschmidt and Walner and see how and take take my shot with that lineup. I, I would take Gold Goldschmidt, Walner, and a new hitting coach. I like that trauma. So you keep Joey Gallo in some capacity. Well, the thing is, I I think Gallo looks even worse because his flaws are the same flaws that everybody's battling. I think you could live with Gallo doing what he's doing. You know, listen, I don't want to, he had a, he had a terrible slump there where he wasn't even making any contact and it destroyed his numbers in general. Other than if you, if you could take away a week of just where he just had no chance in general, his OPS has been one of the better OPSs on the team. He's an excellent fielder. Seems like a good dude. I think if other people were doing their jobs and Gallo was your, you know, swing and miss or your hit or miss number eight hitter in a good lineup, you could live with them. The problem is everybody else is going so badly. You need him to be more than what he has been. And so he ends up looking bad. <laughs> I was talking with a friend and we were talking about the twins lineup. And I was, I said, I said, you know, I'm, re- I'm about ready to bat uh, Royce Lewis second and drop Correa to six. And my buddy said, no, bat him seventh. I said, he, 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 Rocco can't because, Joey Gallo's got a bat seventh. He said, well, okay, we'll bat Gallo eighth then. I said, you can't because Christian Vasquez has to bat the eighth. Yep. He just put his head down and started shaking it. Yeah. That's that's where they're at here, man. Uh, yep. It's it's ugly. And I don't, you know, like I said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to uh, suggest alcoholism, but 
you know, maybe these guys need to go out and have like a team meeting in a bar or something <laughs> just to kind of have a group slump buster and just get back out there the next day and see if they can just you know, make better contact. I don't know. I knew you were going to end up resorting to alcohol. That's I, I didn't want to end the <laughs> show until we got to Lavelle recommending alcohol as nature's cure. Uh, but hey, it, and listen, if anybody is offended by that, you have to understand uh, when Lavelle and I started covering baseball, players would go get drunk to get out of the slump. I'm not saying it's right. I right. will say it worked. It worked for a lot of guys. It did. Swing juice, I called it. Swing <laughs> juice. Know? So uh, anyway, and guys would come back. All right. And you, you'd be surprised, and I'm not saying it happens today, because I think players are a little more more responsible, and also the fear of being exposed on social media is greater. Yep. You know, but you know, you could walk into a clubhouse back in the day and see the guy who's hungover. You know. Oh yeah. Um, I know. But, I know of a couple who were hungover every day, and those guys didn't fare as well. And the the great the great players could do it every now and then, and still yep. like perform to their best. I remember, you know, Wadi Herzog telling us a story about. He walk into the clubhouse and he see George Brett sitting in front of his locker. He goes, "My God, son, how late were we out to last night?" He go four. Yep. <laughs> he drag him into his office, make him take a nap, fix him a sandwich, and then Brett would go out and go three for five. You know, yep. and just that's how they that's how they got things done in those days. Um, so something something there needs to be a, a team bonding thing that can maybe help these guys feel a little bit better about themselves at the plate. I don't know. So. Um, just, you know, stay away from David Popkins. <laughs> That's all I'm going to oh, say. Oh, man. All right. Hey, thanks to Lavelle. Thank you for listening. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. Uh, thank you to Aquarius Home Services Studios, allenergysolar.com, First Minnetonka City Bank. We will tell you more about the live show coming up. We'll do another show next week and hope to have something different to talk about. 